Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on our Sunday stream. My name is Marcus. This is Lisa. We're uh, some of the pastors here at Evangel, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Um, we are here live, obviously, and so we are like here in person right now. Yeah. We're not even deceiving anyone. <laughs> um, but we're so excited. We have some new equipment that we're, we're using today. And so we're really excited to, to just jump in and lean into kind of the unknown. Yeah. So um, forgive us if there are hiccups. Yeah. Because we are learning <laughs> with you like right, right now. I felt like I, I just said, I feel like we're on CTV news. Yeah. Um, and it's high def. And so. Yeah. And so you're going to see all of the wrinkles. Like and the we and, maybe need to invest in airbrushing. I don't know. That's a big leap for, for, me, for me to jump into the world of like makeup. Um, anyways, so usually when we do our live and even sometimes when we premiere our videos, uh, we like to just have a moment to let everybody get on our stream. Um, and so we usually do that by just asking some questions, playing some creative games. Yeah. And so Lisa has one for us this morning. Okay, so I went on to Country Living, uh, the magazine, but the website of the magazine, and they have the 18 coziest things about fall. Because I don't know if you have gone anywhere this morning, um, but if you look at your window right now, you will see frost both on yes. your windows and on the ground. Yeah. So it is like, like it's we just legitimately left. cold. Yeah. When we left for church this morning, it was zero degrees. Yeah. When I woke up this morning, it was minus two. It's gross. Crazy. Okay. So it is, well, that feels more like winter than fall. <laughs> but bear with us. So we are going to give our yay or nay okay. to these things. Um, some of them are controversial. Whoa. Like the first Spilling one the I feel is like maybe controversial right okay. off the bat. And we want to hear what you think. Do you participate in these cozy things of fall or do you let them pass? Okay, fair enough. Kay. Are you a cozy person or are you a cold? Moderately cozy person? person? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see in the comments. Okay, number one, wrapping yourself up in a warm scarf. Um, I tried really hard to be a scarf person, and I hate scarves. No, I can't do scarves. I feel like I'm choking. Yes, I feel like something. I don't like the thing, like no. the idea of something. No. Although, I say that I don't like the idea of something around my neck, but I'm like a, I love a turtleneck. Okay. Oh. I don't know what it is. I just, I also maybe don't know how to wear a scarf. Okay. So I need to teach me. I can't wear turtlenecks. Like, I even have some boat neck sweaters or some crew neck sweaters, and by the evening, I'm like pulling Flying. them down hmm. because I feel like I'm choking. But if it's cold, obviously practicality wins out and I put a scarf on. <laughs> I just don't want to. Right. Okay. Warm, drinking a warm mug of apple cider. Always. Um, I need to make a confession. <gasps> you don't like apple cider? I, it's not that I don't like apple cider. I just feel like there are very specific moments where I want apple cider. That's fair. I like the smell of apple cider. Yeah. And actually there's this place in Abbotsford. Uh, it's like a pumpkin patch, but they have... Apple barn? Yes. No? Yeah. Yeah, and they have apple apple cider slushies. Oh. So I'm like here for an apple cider slushie, no matter Got like it. how cold it is. Interesting. Give me that. But yeah, warm apple cider is like a mm, thing for Kay. me. Okay. Always. Always warm apple cider. In fact, I'm out of my mulling spices right now, and they're yeah. being shipped. Danger. As we speak, and I am just devastated that I'm out of them because uh. it's fall. I need apple cider. Okay, going apple picking. I love apple picking. No. No, I love apple picking. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. I actually usually do it every single year. One, because I love eating apples, but two, because I just like going through the orchard and picking them and like being able to be ex like extremely choosy on what kind of apples I'm going to take. I just love it. Okay, so this goes along with it. Picking out the perfect pumpkin from a patch, not a grocery store. 
I'm not really like no. I don't carve pumpkins. No. I don't know. Those things are heavy. Your kids always want the biggest one. True. And then you're like lugging this massive pumpkin through mud. It's great pictures, but true. It does make a good photo op. My parents no. like were so nice. We always went to a pumpkin patch. We'd always pick out our pumpkins. It was awesome. Um, and so I feel like I, I exercise that in okay. my childhood, and I don't need to. So <laughs> children, yes. Adults, well, for us, yeah. no. What do you think? This is a good question to ask your kids. You can throw their comments in the in the section. Yeah. As well. Okay. Going leaf peeping, which is a weird way of putting. I don't even uh, think I know what that means. <laughs> driving around and looking at the different colors of leaves. Oh. Yes. Okay, I feel like, you know what, actually here in Pell River, I was actually quite shocked at how the leaves are like really nice here. Yeah, they're beautiful. Previous places that I've lived, it's like, ooh, fall is coming. And then they're like brown, dead, really sad, right. wet, gross leaves no, on the ground. No, we have And there's like no color. color. Um, and so I've, I, I like that here. Okay, baking a pie. Love pie, love baking pie, love eating pie. Easy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're gonna find this trend is like anything that's adding time to my life. <laughs> no. And then anything that's adding like food, I guess with the exception of outsider, <laughs> is always a yes for me. So there you go. Okay, wearing plaid. Sure. I'm. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Pastor Lucas is wearing plaid today. Yeah. So he wins the day on that one. Yeah, it's folly. Yeah. It's not just for fall though. True. Uh, making homemade soup for <gasps> dinner. Okay, I do like that. I love soup season. I always will. I love soup. Eating the pumpkin spice flavored foods. Also, okay, but some no. people have gotten like, I feel like we've extended this too far. Yes. Like we don't need pumpkin spice cheese. We don't need pumpkin spice like hummus. No, I like pumpkin spice latte and pumpkin pie and pumpkin muffins. Like and loaf. Baking. Actually, you made me great pumpkin muffins yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Anything pumpkin baking, I'm okay with. Right. And pumpkin spice lattes, I'm okay with. The rest? It's just like too weird. It's just too much. Like you can convince me, try and convince me in the comments about like a pumpkin spice alt thing that you like, and I'll try it. I try everything. Yeah, I didn't even like the pumpkin spice creamer. Yeah, that was kind of sad. It, it was, was kind of cough medicine-y. Mm. Uh, listening to the rain. Oh, rain is my favorite weather pattern. So yes. I'm always about rain. When my parents were here for Thanksgiving, they had an Airbnb here that was like right on the ocean. But it's like, they must have had an extension on the on the place that they were in. Um, and it's kind of like a, like plasticky sheet roofing yep. sort of thing. Clearly I don't do anything <laughs> like with- Corrugated plastic? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and anyways, it made like for the best rain, like in the living room with like a warm mug of coffee. Like it was great. Nice. Okay. So the next two kind of go with this. So okay. I'm just going to give it to both of them or both together. Okay. Staying indoors all day, mm -hmm. cozying up with a nip throw. Ooh, and sitting in front of a fire. Whoa, all of the things. Yes to all. With rain? Apply all. Done. Okay, candles. Um, I like candles. <sighs> oh, I thought you were gonna say no. And oh, then I was no. gonna be like. No, like give me like a candle that sounds like, that smells like the trees are on fire and I'm like, I'm good. <gasps> do you like the woodwicks then? Yeah, I do. Yes. Weigh in, woodwick what's, what's or like? What's your favorite scent? Ooh. Well, I know what your favorite scent is. Yes. It's like sea air, right? <laughs> Anything with, yeah. yeah. Anything with sea salt <laughs> in it that like smells oceany, I, yeah. I love. Also, real apple smell. Like if you bit into an apple, Fair not enough. the fake apple. Right. Uh, sweaters. Uh, I love sweaters. 
I'm all about like fall and winter clothing because I just don't know how to dress myself <laughs> like any other season. It's really so. easy. Just throw a sweater on. Yeah, always. Cabin in the woods. Um, like depending on what. <laughs> Like, do you mean the like the scary movie or like the no, fun it's, it's family cozy. experience? Oh, I I like a cabin in the woods for like a day or two. Then I would get bored and I'd have to do something. Yeah, like honestly, mountain, forest, woods—they're just not my ideal. <laughs> Look around, does it all? No, <laughs> at all the we, mountain, we forest, have and ocean. Woods. <laughs> like, give me the ocean and the seashore yep. any day. Okay personal preference, we live in a beautiful place regardless. Yep. Um, wearing rain boots. Okay, the actual word on that was duck boots. Yes. Um, to which my dad had duck boots when I was a kid, or duck shoes. Yep. Um, and it's such a vivid like thing that he would always wear his duck shoes, and I think it's because they're called duck shoes. Okay. Um, I personally wouldn't choose that fashion trend, but shout out to my dad for rocking it in the 90s. Okay, but let's 2000s. extend it, because I don't know how many people have duck boots, but most do. people have rain boots. Yeah. And I find that they make my feet really, really cold. Yeah, well, they're and like And I don't rubber. love it. I'm down. <sighs> okay, last one, hot okay. chocolate. Um, but like, we're talking about like hot chocolate packs or like you're making your own hot chocolate it with cocoa say. powder. So either one. Okay, I would make my own with like cocoa powder. Okay. Otherwise, no. That feels like a lot of work. Sorry. No, it's not any more work. I don't, I don't personally think it's any more work <laughs> than like a toss of powder thing in, you know? Um, I will take a mug of hot chocolate occasionally. There yeah, are just like many a... better warm drinks. Again, same thing with apple cider, like very, very specific moment that hits where I like need it, you know? Yeah, well, no, but okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thanks for sharing some of your um, fall opinions, I guess. Yeah. Spilling the tea on, on your fall, fall thoughts. Um, before we jump into the rest of our stream, we just have a couple announcements for you this morning. So the first is that Trunk Retreat is coming up really fast. Yes, this coming Saturday. Yeah, I can't even believe that we're at the end of October. Um, we're so excited to turn our parking lot into a neighborhood where kids in our community can kind of go around to all of the cars that are decorated and trick-or-treat in kind of a COVID-safe way. Yeah. Um, we have over 100 registrations. We do. It like, is mind-boggling. Yeah. And so we're really excited. Lots of those registrations are people in our community who don't necessarily call Evangel yeah. home. Um, and so we're, we're really excited to, to just serve our community and be a blessing to them um, during this really weird time where we weren't even sure for a while that Halloween was happening, yeah. but given the okay to do so. But we really don't want to do Trunk or Tree without you guys. And so there are a couple ways that you guys can get involved if you want to jump into serving our community. The first one is simple, it's easy, it's buy some candy. Um, we're building like a mountain in the yes. office right now of candy. Um, and so if you want to add to Mount Candy, uh, if you're going to the grocery store, feel free to just pop a box that always is at checkout, uh, which is hard because then like, I always forget. But grab a box, uh, throw it in your cart, and we would really appreciate that help too. You can drop it off at the office. Yeah. We're here Monday to Thursday from nine till five um, each day. When even like non-candy things are helpful. Yeah. Like uh, decorative pencils. Right. <laughs> um, because we do have kids in our community that have food allergies. And so we want to be able to have something for them True. as well. Yep. Yeah, no, that's great. This, the second thing is you can decorate your car. This is actually probably our biggest area that we really need yes. your help partnering with, <laughs> um, is being somebody who's willing to decorate your car. 
So if your family is creative, if you want to decorate the trunk of your vehicle um, to be able to hand out candy to kids as they come around, we would really appreciate that. It's a fun way to just kind of express some creativity, um, to have some fun with it, mm -hmm. to theme your family and your dog and your car um, in some type of way. And so if you want to do that, we do require you to register for that just so we know who's coming, uh, what those numbers will be. And it helps us to know how many candy bags we need to make. Yeah, that's true too. Because it'll be dependent on how many cars we have. Yeah. But we did have a comment at our community group study on Thursday. Like, I just don't really, I would love to participate, but the decorating my car is my barrier. Right. So if that is your barrier, uh, still register. Yeah. <laughs> And we can help. We can put together some sort of leaf garland that you can hang yep. from your trunk or something. Uh, but don't let that stand in your way of coming and yeah. being part of this event. And Pinterest is your best friend in this season. Um, and so we would really love that so that we can have so many houses in our neighborhood, so to speak, uh, to be able to hand out candy. The last one is register. So we only have two slots left. It's the seven. No, only the eight. Oh, wow. Fifth. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, thank yeah, you. Yeah, okay. So our eight o'clock time slot is the last and only time slot that we have because it's been filling so fast. But if you have kids who want to come and participate in Trunk Retreat, yeah. you can do that as well. You need to register everybody who's coming. So that includes your kids and any adults that are coming. And so you can do all of those things, whether you want to register your car or register your family at myevangel.church forward slash trunk dash or dash treat. Uh, if you go to any one of our social media bios, it's also just in the bio there, the, the link. And so you can just click on that and it'll take you to the page to register. Yeah. We have two more announcements. The first one is we're having an in-person prayer gathering tonight. Tonight. Uh, we're doing communion. We're yeah. really excited to join around the Lord's table and just have some moment of reflection uh, of communion, both with each other, but also with the Lord. And so if you want to register for that, you actually still can. We had a little bit of a pickle on our website. We did. Um, where the link disappeared. And so it's it back. has now been restored. So don't worry about that. Yeah. It is on myevangel.church forward slash relaunch. And you can register today for this evening at 6.30 p.m. Scroll all the way down. Yep, get your scroll on. Uh, the last one is on November. Oh, we have, a, we have a bunch of other gatherings, though. We have November and December Sunday morning gatherings uh, that have just launched yep. on our website, including our prayer gatherings in the mm -hmm. evening as well. And so if you want to register for any of those, Again, myevangel.church forward slash relaunch. Yes. So we have a guest speaker on our November 8th um, we do. Sunday service. It's exciting. Um, I mean, it's exciting for you guys. I feel like it's I might have heard this guy preach maybe once or twice in my life. Yeah, you might know all of his content like by heart. Yeah, like I could probably come mm -hmm. up there and give a spiel. You and could. And it would sound like his. Yeah. I know, because it's my dad. <laughs> Uh, and so my dad is actually coming to to share. There's a couple other things that are going well, on. Well, we're that gonna Sunday let everybody know thing. why yeah. okay. Pastor Len Denbraver is coming, and that's because Pastor Marcus is getting ordained yeah. on November 8th, so he becomes reverend. Um, and so <laughs> we are not gonna call him Please reverend, <laughs> um, but we would love to have you there because we will have a time to honor him and to pray over him and his future and his ministry. Um, and so make sure that you get on to myevangel.church forward slash relaunch to register for the November 8th gathering. To be fair, my dad is a great preacher that I wish even if I was half as good as him <laughs> in my life, that it would we be are like excited. a win. And I'm Len, if you're watching, we're very excited that you're coming. We're just, we're just <laughs> joking with you, I promise. 
Um, but then the last one is, is that if what we do here adds to your uh, journey of faith, then we would really love and appreciate uh, if you would partner with us in a different way through giving. So there are multiple ways that you can give this morning uh, and throughout the week. So if you go to myevangel.church, on any of our website pages, there's a little button in the bottom right corner. If you click on that, it'll lead you through giving online. Mm -hmm. We're here all the way up until noon today. Um, probably it would be best if you came at around 11 or 10.45, um, just so that we don't conflict with our stream here. But we're here up until noon for you to give, and then anytime throughout the week. Uh, if you come into the office between Monday and Thursday from 9 until 5, we will also be here to well, uh, welcome you and, uh, and have you partner with us. Yeah. Uh, but we just want to say thank you for your generosity. Um, I'm going to pray. Sure. And then we'll, I'll give it over yeah. to you. We'll launch. God, thank you so much uh, for today. Thank you for uh, the fact that you are here, both with us uh, in this stream, but also in the houses of people who are watching as well. God, I pray that as we jump into this next part of our sermon and our, and our uh, stream this morning, that you would be with us and that you would speak to each one of us uh, so clearly to our hearts. God, we love you. We thank you. Praise in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Awesome. To you. Thank you. Well, we are continuing our God in the Pandemic series this morning. What do you think about COVID? I don't know about you, but it seems to be one of the main questions I'm being asked right now. It's kind of on everyone's lips, especially as the months drag on. And there are so many differing opinions on everything from the source or the why behind this illness to the effectiveness of the safety protocols to the eventual end of this crisis. What do you think about COVID? Well, as we've been going through this pandemic, um, some humorous things have come up. And one is a quote from John Acuff, and it's going to pop up on your screen, but it says this, I will say this, one of the bright spots of this year has been discovering how many people on Twitter are epidemiologists. And I love it. I love the fact that he's just calling us out on the fact that we think we know more than we do. And I am completely guilty as charged of oversimplifying something that I'm really unable to understand in all of the complexities that decisions are being made with right now. I'm not an expert on COVID. I am not an expert on virology or so many of the other things that I like to weigh in on and throw my opinion behind. And in that oversimplification of something that's actually really complex, it can be so easy to pass judgment. Who's succeeding in my limited idea of what success in a global pandemic looks like and who is failing? Who is making a logical or rational decision in my idea of what is logical or rational? What are my lofty ideas of why this pandemic is even here? It's so easy to take the bait and pass judgment. The problem with finger pointing and passing judgment is that it forms deep schisms between the judger and the judged. Forget the call to love and serve. Judgment makes simple civility and honor impossible. It pits us against those that we have been called to serve. It pits us against those that we've been called to reflect Jesus to. It pits us against those 
that we judge. And so this morning, I want to take a look at a moment in the life of Jesus that holds some lessons for us in the midst of this pandemic. So turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. And if you don't have a Bible, head on over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible. myevangel.church forward slash Bible. And there's a form there if you would like a paper Bible as our gift to you. We would love to do that if you're here in the Powell River area, as well as some links to some Bible apps that you can download on whatever device you're using. So John chapter 9, verses 1 to 12, and it will also be on your screen to follow along. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happens that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. Let's pray. So God, I thank you for this little glimpse into your heart. That when it it can be so easy to pass judgment, that you (laughs) just shut it all right down. And that you take the circumstances around them, us, and you turn them into uh, circumstances and opportunities where you can shine. And so this morning, may my words just fade away and may you just speak in the power of your truth and in the power of your spirit, for we long to hear from you, God, in your precious name. Amen. Well, I love that this story kind of clearly showcases our need as broken humanity for absolutely everything to make sense or have a point. Have you felt that need within yourself when a problem arises that you just desperately want it to make sense or have a point? And this man who is blind, we see that with these disciples, that they are so desperate to have a cause of some sort be at the origin of his situation, a sin that needed to be punished or a divine doling out of judgment on someone surrounding him. And that might seem harsh, but we need to, again, go back. You hear us say this all the time. You need to go back and remember that in the context of where Jesus was living and these disciples were living, they would not have been very far removed from this Greek philosophy that every tragedy had its origins in the gods spiting you. If you faced any form of hardship, you must have angered the gods. There was no other reason. And this belief we see has become contagious. 
His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? It is so ingrained in our human frailty that we need some sort of cause or point or source for every tragedy that springs up in our life. Rabbi, who sinned? Why was this man born blind? Or if we use our modern situation, God, what sin are you punishing by unleashing a worldwide pandemic? What are you passing judgment on by allowing this suffering of the entire world? But judgment wasn't part of this man's life. This wasn't a moment of condemnation, and it wasn't a moment of discipline. It was a moment when God was about to do something to draw people to him. In verse 3, Jesus says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Through this series, we're kind of basing it uh, loosely off of some lessons that we just felt were key takeaways from the book God and the Pandemic from N.T. Wright. And in that book, N.T. Wright writes this. Jesus, in other words, doesn't look back to a hypothetical cause, which would enable the onlookers to feel smug that they had understood some inner cosmic moral mechanism, some sin that God had had to punish. He looks forward to see what God is going to do about it. That translates directly into what he, Jesus, is going to do about it, for he is the light of the world. And when we are tempted to look back in judgment and pointing fingers because we need a point, we need there to be a reason and a source, we need to make the conscious choice to stop to stop and look forward. What do you think about the pandemic? Can I be really frank? Does it matter? Will all of the speculations and the pointed fingers change anything? I don't think so. Will giving in to the bait of judgment help us love the community around us more? No. Will it help us reflect Jesus well? Probably not. What do I think about COVID? It doesn't matter. We have to resist the urge for judgment and choose instead to turn our gaze forward to Jesus, inviting him to purify us and to shape our words and actions so that they look like his own. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that, here's the point, the works of God might be displayed in him. This happened so that, the Greek word for this displayed, here is phanero, and it also works as to make clear or to illuminate or to make visible. And God was going to take the real-life circumstance of this man and use it to make visible the character and the might of God. And friends, when we resist the bait to sit in judgment, we can see the real-life circumstances that God is going to use to fan a row, 
to make visible the works and the character and the might of God. We can see through the real life circumstances where God is going to come in with his grace and his peace and his provision. And he is going to make clear his character and might. The problem with the bait of judgment is that it says they really ultimately deserved what was coming to them. And if we believe that, if we buy into that, it lets us off the hook. We can even feel morally superior in our judgments when we see the world through that framework. Like you somehow brought this on yourself. You're facing hardship. It's your fault. You did this. Sit in the consequences of your actions. You made your bed. Sleep in it. When we see the world through that framework, it lets us off the hook of meeting the needs of the people around us. I know right now in this global pandemic, we have so many voices screaming, well, if people would just turn from their sin and turn to God, then this pandemic never would have happened. God surely punishing the entire world. And that framework allows us as people who have turned to Jesus, to sit in smugness and arrogance, waiting out a crisis with a heart that casts blame and therefore is not responsible to bring help and hope and healing. But that is not the way of Jesus Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And now this is my favorite Bible verse or Bible story to do with kids. After saying this, he spit on the ground made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes, which is absolutely disgusting. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Judgment is not the way of Jesus. What is? The way of Jesus is compassion. The way of Jesus is service. The way of Jesus is healing. And this is my opinion. I'm going to make a statement. I want to preface this with, this is my opinion, which I believe all that I know about the character of God lines up with. But I do not know why we are in a global pandemic any more than you do, any more than anyone in the world does. If they say that they know why, they're lying. But this is my opinion. If this is a call to repentance, and as people who love Jesus, we know that God wants everyone to come to repentance, to have a relationship with him, to turn from their sin, to turn to him, to have a relationship, to have eternal life. If this is a call to repentance, I think more people are going to come and answer that call with a yes. <sighs> because the church is acting like Jesus in the midst of this pandemic, then they will because the church is shouting that this is a judgment of Jesus on them. 
want you to think about that. If this is Jesus saying, come to me, killing over a million people does not seem like a good way to do that. I think, my own personal opinion, that more people will come to know Jesus because of the church being like Jesus than they will by the church shouting that this is a judgment of Jesus on them. I want you to quickly flash through in your mind all of the places you saw Jesus in the Gospels. Jesus who ate with prostitutes. Jesus who invited himself over to tax collectors' homes. Jesus who washed the feet of traitors and doubters. Jesus who healed the eyes of a man who would have been condemned every single day by those who passed by him. What would it look like if the church of God rose up and said, we are not taking the bait of judgment. Instead, we're asking Jesus how we fit into the real life circumstances around us so that he can fan a row his character and might today, this week, this month, in the midst of a crisis. What would it say if we decided that This pandemic was a chance to reflect Jesus to the chaos and the suffering of the world around us and love people to Christ. N.T. Wright says again in his book, God in the Pandemic, this provides a vital answer to the question which lies behind a lot of the speculation and argument about how to apply the Bible to great and disturbing events of our time. The New Testament insists that we put Jesus at the center of the picture and work outwards from there. We put Jesus at the center and we work outwards from there. If I put Jesus at the center... It means that I have to ask him to search me and know me. It means that I must be asking him to shift my perspective, to expand my heart for humanity, to purify me first. But then as I work outwards from there, then we need to recognize our need to be Christ-like in our responses then we understand that we have this role as Jesus followers to bring him into every real life circumstance. It means we have grace at the grocery store. It means we have generosity when we hear of great needs. It means that we are ready with words of life and hope because we know life and hope. His name is Jesus. It means that we choose him. We choose Jesus over judgment. I want to loop this all around and bring kind of everything together from the very beginning of this series because we have to do the heart work first. If we insert Jesus into the center of the story and work out from there, it means that we have to insert Jesus into the center of our life first before we can have the words and actions to mirror him to the world around us. 
we've been invited into a personal relationship with an almighty God. We've been invited to have communication of speaking and listening, to have a true relationship with almighty God. We've been invited to lay every single one of our sorrows and our frustrations and our questions at his feet. I think it's really okay to have those moments where you go to God and you sit in a conversation with him and you say, God, I don't understand why. Why are we going through this? And it's so important that we do that because unless we take our lament to Jesus, our lament will find an outlet on people around us. And so we lean in to our relationship with Jesus to bring peace to our frustration, to sustain us in our weariness, to strengthen us in the midst of the uncertainty. And when those day-to-day things just feel too much, when it's just so hard to be absent from family and friends, when it feels like that isolation is just crippling, when it just feels like all of the vices are calling our name and temptation is so much, we lean in to Jesus and we choose the presence of God in wordless prayers. If we don't know how to pray, that's okay. We choose the presence of God. We allow the Spirit to pray what we don't have words to express, and we trust that Jesus, our high priest, is interceding on our behalf. In other words, we just let go. We let God be God. And with that heart work being taken care of, then we're able to say with confidence, God is good even when the circumstances surrounding me aren't. And with that heart work being taken care of, then we can love like we've been loved. We can give grace like we've known grace. We can have ears that are uncluttered with the cares and the frustrations and the worries of our circumstance that can hear the voice of the Spirit when He directs. Now, I know Pastor Marcus had mentioned last week that uh, we would kind of talk about, is this the end times? And so before we go, I just want to touch on two questions that we have had come through the office over and over. The first is, is COVID the end times? And the second is, is COVID God's call for worldwide repentance? I want to address them really quickly um, as we choose Jesus over judgment. As those who know a good and gracious Father, as those who have chosen to admit, um, believe, and confess our faith in Jesus, that we've turned from our sin, that we've been part of that beautiful exchange of of God's wholeness for our brokenness, of his life for our death, of his gift of grace for our consequences, of our sin. As those who have come to Jesus, we understand that Jesus wants everyone 
to have a relationship with him. We also understand that the heart of God is grieved by the ways that as humanity, we harm ourselves and we harm others, and we would call those things sin. And so we understand both of those things, and we can hold on to that truth and still choose Jesus over judgment. I want to remind us of a couple things this morning before we close. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Is COVID God's call for a worldwide repentance? I don't think so. I don't think that God needs to send a plague because he sent Jesus, our final messenger, to share God's love and heart for humanity with us. I don't think that he needs to send a plague. Can he use COVID? Absolutely. But our God is compassionate. He loves people greatly. Jesus proved that. So is this God's wrath? Personally, I don't think so. Is the heart of God grieved by the state of our world? My heart's grieved by the state of our world. I can't imagine how God's heart is not. But I think that this is a tragic real-life circumstance where God can fan a row, where he can illuminate and make visible his character and his might through his spirit and through his church. The second question is, is this the end times? Absolutely it is. But maybe not in the way that you're thinking. Every single day and every single minute that ticks by is one day and one minute closer to Jesus's return. Just as every day and every minute that ticks by is one day and minute closer to our own death and passing. So to not recognize <laughs> that every moment that ticks by is one moment less that we have on this earth, whether Jesus returns first or we die first, to not recognize that truth would be foolish. Still in Matthew 24, 36, it says, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So church, let's be careful as we live in the wisdom that our moments are numbered. That we don't venture into territory that is not ours to discern. That we don't allow the question of, is this the end, to bait us into judgment. So let's live in the reality that every hour we have on this earth is precious. Every hour that we have on this earth is full of purpose because we've been entrusted with relationships and people surrounding us whom Jesus loves dearly, just like that man. I love that when he goes back and he's been healed, that there were kind of two schools of thought. The first being, 
wow, what happened? And the other being like, that's impossible. And so this must be a different person. And his story of transformation, his story of meaning the compassion and the healing of Jesus begins the questions of where can we find him? Friends, if we insert Jesus into the center and work our way out from there, we have the opportunity to make visible the character and the might of God, just like Jesus made himself visible in this story in John 9. And I choose to believe that when the church reflects Jesus well, that it will be so mind-boggling, <laughs> it will be so transformative, that it won't be able to stop the questions of how, why, where, how can we find this Jesus ourselves? So I, for one, am going to choose Jesus. And I pray that you will choose him with me. Can I pray for us? God, we live in a culture that is so divisive right now. We live in a culture of very loud voices. We live in a culture of anger. We live in a culture of blame. Would you help us by the power of your spirit to resist the urge to join in? To be people of peace. To be people of your presence that would bring you into our real life circumstances. Not to cast judgment, to bring your healing and your hope and your compassion. God, we pray that you would begin in us. Jesus inserted into the middle and working out. Would you search us? Would you purify us? Would you expand our heart? Would you show us the people around us that you love dearly? And would you give us the grace to obey when you speak? that we would be people who bring your life and your hope and your name into real life circumstances. I thank you that you did not judge us, but you reached out with compassion and grace and mercy, that you saved us when we were undeserving. Would you help us to remember that love and grace that we can reflect what we have experienced from you to a world that needs to hear your voice of love and hope. So go before us this week, God. I pray that you would open our eyes to see opportunities to share you. Opportunities for Fanaro, where your character and your might can be made visible. In your precious name, amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us today. I really hope that if you are not registered tonight at 6.30, that you join with us at myevangel.church forward slash relaunch. Scroll all the way to the bottom, and you can get registered there. Thanks.